Okay, so this is the second episode of the Brosane Pistons podcast. I'm Carl Rosane. And I'm Alex Rosane. And uh, so in our first episode, we talked about Joe D and his legacy as a GM. And uh, some recent news is a good sort of follow-up topic after the Pistons agreed have agreed to a five-year, $35 million deal with Stan Van Gundy. And so now we have like a whole new future for the Pistons. Um Overall, I, I feel like this is good news. How about you? I think so, too. I mean, I, I can't imagine a, a better outcome to this. Uh, I was pretty skeptical about the case that uh, this is all Jody's fault and he's a bad GM and we, you know, we needed to go in a new direction. But uh, if this is what we needed to do to get a great coach is to give him some uh, basketball operations powers... Uh, I, I don't think there is a better coach we could have gotten our hands on than Stan Van Gundy. So this is really encouraging. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, that he's, he's got the full GM responsibility. I mean, one issue is that um, Joe D disregard, I mean, disagreed with the Gore with Tom Gore about the coaches. So not, that, that won't happen now because it's the same person. And, and obviously, this is what Gore wants. So I feel like we're, we at least have a harmonious beginning with someone who's really good at what he does. That's right. Gore's is, since it was his choice, he, he's going to give uh, Stan the benefit of the doubt uh, uh, at first, and won't won't be clashing with the front office. He'll hopefully give him some. He's given him thirty five million bucks, so hopefully he'll give him some uh, a lot of rope too. Yeah. So I mean, I I remember what I remember Van Gundy most was coaching the Heat and how he was ousted right before the same season that they won the championship. Um, and somehow I had completely forgotten the fact that he's been a, you know, a winning coach every season. And his main claim to fame really is te- is coaching Orlando uh, during Howard's prime years. And given that Drummond could really be the next kind of Howard like player in the league, uh, I, that's all, that's kind of an interesting matchup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it- there's nothing that says that Van Gundy's necessarily a wizard with big men, but he did take a team built around Dwight Howard, and Dwight Howard is a great big man, but not an all-timer like Olajuwon or something. But he won some defensive players of the year and so forth, and you know he turned those into... He won 59 games a couple of times uh, and got to the finals one year with a team that had Dwight Howard and... Nobody else you even really remember. I mean, there was like throwing out Hito Turkoglu and uh, Jameer Nelson and other greats like that. Uh, you know, solid players, but I don't think I don't even know if there was another All Star on those teams. And yeah, and and to take a team like or you know, it's not like he was at the helm of uh, you know Boston or the Lakers. I mean, you know, Orlando is a team that hasn't been good in a while. Before they made that run, so I don't know. I feel like it's 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 pretty interesting. Uh, I feel like he has the cachet and the maybe the the discipline to get the team to play well. Uh, you know, he won't stand for bad shot selection. Obviously, we could have used a lot of that with both Jennings and Josh Smith taking bad shots. Um, you know, I, it's, it seems like his approach more is to like get back on defense. Uh, don't worry about offensive rebounds or playing aggressive uh, turnover forcing defense, but just like force tough mid-range shots and get and and clean up on the defensive glass i think you know zach lowe had a post this past week that i read closely because i really love everything he writes but you know he was talking about how you know that's really his coaching style and i think it could work well with uh with our team yeah we we definitely 
as was showed this last year, need a firm hand on a couple of our more talented players, um, or at least our more <laughs> most highly paid players with Smith and, and Jennings. Uh, Jennings actually was was fine on offense. He he was trying to be unselfish. He didn't really know what his identity was: uh, pass first or shoot first, point guard. But um, he needs to have 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 his butt kicked a little bit on the defensive end, and hopefully Van Gundy will have the the gravitas to do that. And, um, and yeah, then, what were you, then, yeah, what were you saying that Jennings is like the oh the James Harden of uh, uh, the the point guard James Harden yeah. is what Zach Lowe said, yeah. um, and just with you know me not being a expert on X's and O's, just watching, it just looked to me like he was an absolute matador on on defense, and then on the other end of the ball is is where Josh Smith needs some discipline. Uh, you know, he, he always had a jacking up long twos and shooting too many threes problem in his career. Every year he shoot he shot too many, except for one year for some reason he only shot a couple of threes. They must have had a gun to his head that year in Atlanta. Uh, and he just went crazy being put at small forward and just, I, I don't know, he felt like he had the green light to shoot uh, 20-footers with 15 seconds left on the shot clock. The ball would be swinging around the perimeter and he would just jack up the shot. And if um, if if having a coach who's also his own boss, being president of basketball operations and a five year contract, if that guy doesn't have the credibility to get Smith to stop doing that, then nobody does. Um, so if we ha- if we end up hanging on to Josh Smith, which is a uh, maybe a topic for later, um, hopefully Van Gundy can have the have the gusto and have the support of the players in the organization to really rein him in. Yeah. I mean, five years—that's enough time. That's enough time to make long-term bets, to to have to, to not feel like you're under pressure to uh, perform that same year. So, if a team—if so, you know—if someone has a bad attitude, and they're not taking the right shots, and you bench them, and you, you can actually take that hit as a team for a little bit to, until you get things in order. On the other hand, a five-year contract—it uh, would, you know, we're already paying like three coaches right now. <laughs> so, if if this doesn't work out for some reason, it could be awkward uh, to have, you know. Be paying some guy seven million dollars a year to not coach, so um, it's a little bit risky. But you know, you gotta you gotta give someone the the you know enough room to make long term bets and build the team. Yeah, I think that they they had to do this. This was the market value to get a great coach like Van Gundy, who you know he he coached um, he took the Miami Heat deep into the playoffs before he was fired, and then he he took Orlando to the finals. Uh, he there was a something I saw today on on Hoops Hype their aggregation of NBA rumors that uh, to get Van Gundy to leave Florida was going to take a major offer. He 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 had resolved that he wasn't going to play in a cold weather city or coach in a cold weather city. <laughs> and uh, whoops, <laughs> I, I think uh, you just show him enough money. I think that's what it, what it took. And part of the reason I was so down on getting getting rid of Dumars and uh, I was just thinking, well, what's what's our next move here? We're gonna you know. We're gonna hire like a Mike Woodson or something like that, and uh, just get some other run-of-the-mill GM and uh, keep on trucking. It, it it seems like this is what this is a step that perhaps takes us to, takes us to the next level. Have one person with one vision. Yeah, and and this might actually help us retain or attract some better talent. I mean, obviously, we're gonna build around Drummond, and everything else is probably up in the air at this point. Um, but yep. you know, one interesting thing you were mentioning earlier, we were talking about this before the recording about. Um, to tell me about the uh, the long shot 
of maybe getting Kevin Love. Well, the news just came out this morning that Kevin Love has more or less officially said what's been thought for a long time to the Minnesota Timberwolves, which is, I'm not signing an extension with with the Minnesota Timberwolves, which means that his after this season, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. I think he can opt out of his contract and definitely will. So that means that Minnesota is looking at a situation where they can either uh, just ride it out with him for this year and then lose him for nothing or try to trade him in the middle of the season. Uh, or they can try to trade him in the offseason. Um, and he said you know, he wants to play for the Lakers or the Knicks. Well, the, Minnesota has no trade leverage right now because he said where he wants to go. Well, if we're, if we're trying to figure out what we want to do with our logjam at power forward with Monroe and Josh Smith, and we're worried about some team making a max offer to Monroe and we lose him for nothing, one thing we could do is just try to sign and trade Monroe for Kevin Love, and we get Kevin Love for a year. Uh, he's a future Hall of Famer as far as I'm concerned, and take the chance that he would sign an extension with us because, yeah, let's say we're doing really well, and then Van Gundy says, look, I'm here for, for good. This yep. is a great franchise, and you have Drummond here. Like with you know, Not every team's going to have a Drummond there to give you um, sort of protection near the rim. And exactly. So, it's a great situation for a guy like Love who he's a great rebounder, but he, he's not a rim protector to play next to a rim protector and play with a guy who can catch alley-oop passes and uh, will run the floor. You know, it's not a it's not a guarantee. In fact, it's probably likely he would still leave and seek uh, greener pastures, but he would be leaving a situation where he'd be leaving money on the table because you always make more money signing a max contract with your with your own team. But you'd, he'd also be leaving a situation where he's playing next to Drummond, who's getting better every year. Um, and then we're a team that has uh, a few top 10 picks on the roster that could develop. Uh, our pick this year, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, um, and so forth. And we and we have some cap room and can start putting some pieces around him. You know, I, th- I think you know that just came up today, and I haven't exactly thought it through. Maybe there's some reason it's a dumb idea, but it'd be, it seems like it'd be worth the risk. Yeah, it's sort of fun to think about, you know, as part of... You know, before a season, you can think about the wildest, best outcomes, and that's sort of a fun one that hadn't occurred to me. But, but to your to your point though, having a guy with the name like Sam Van Gundy puts those things into play in a way they weren't before. I mean, they um, a small market team that has Mike Brown as the coach, like Cleveland just fired for the second time, doesn't have a prayer of keeping a a Kevin Love, but a a team that has a you know, a firm hand at the helm and a potential, you know, if all goes well, future Hall of Fame candidate in Drummond. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I guess <laughs> 20 years old, but, uh, you know, maybe that's worth a shot. Yeah, and let's talk about Drummond for a second. Why is, like, why does it go without saying that, I mean, to me it does, but let's explore why does it go without saying that he is the only anchor? Like, wh- why him and not Monroe? I mean, like, he's just a beast on, uh, to me it's the defense, you know, like Monroe is a good offensive player, a good passer, but he's not nearly as good as defense. And uh, Drummond, just like, even without trying, I don't, even without even developing an offense, he just like ha- he just happens to get 13 points through like offensive tippins. And if that's your yeah, that, that's your starting point, I mean, it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, I think it's you know he 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 gets out of bed and has has eight points with nobody running any plays for him. Yeah, I mean the guy. Yeah, like you said, he. 
he didn't even play full starters minutes. He played 32 minutes a game this year. Scored 13 points on over 60% field goal shooting. So that that just shows just the absolute raw talent he has. So that's on and, offense. And he nearly and, led the league in rebounding. Nearly led the league in rebounding at 13. So he's he's I've heard you know credible coaches say he's pr- probably already the best offensive rebounder in the league and maybe the best rebounder period in the whole league. Although Kevin Love would have something to say about that. And and then yeah, just near the rim, if you throw it near the rim, he dunks it. At age 20. Now, big men typically reach their peak around like age 27, 28, 29. Mm-hmm. So he's going to probably get better every year for three to eight years. Um, so that's why everyone's so excited about him. He doesn't even really have any moves. Uh, we, we don't run any plays for him. So that, that's why Monroe's a few years older and only scored two more points per game while taking you know more shots. And Monroe's good. He's, he might make a few all-star teams in, in his time. Yeah, and but the thing is, with in terms of the, there's another kind of decision that maybe it's not really a, either or, but if it came if it, to me, if it comes down between Josh Smith and Monroe, even though Monroe has more promise, I'd almost rather try to trade Monroe right now and see what we can get because you know he's he's going to go for a max contract. And he just that just seems like it's not absurd. You know, we could we could carry that, but it just seems like he's not a max contract player. So why? And Josh Smith is a better defender. He's uh, potentially more athletic. Uh, you know, he's further in his career, but I don't know. I, I, I would feel I would feel more excited this season if if the balance was going to be Drummond and and Drummond and Smith. Smith is probably a better fit right now. He's still in his prime and he plays NBA defense. Um, you know, re, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't exactly break down film myself, but. Reading Zach Lowe, who breaks down film, and, and then just reading other things, uh, Smith is a you know top third of the league defender at power forward, and Monroe was among the worst power forwards on defense who played regularly because of things like slow feet getting out on the pick and roll, and he doesn't protect the rim. So he's tall. He's he's not a rim protector, and he's too slow to be a perimeter. Defender, so it's just like, what does he have going for him? The main thing is, also, he's he was only twenty three, so he's also not standing in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and actually, Drummond, for all of his raw athleticism, defensive rebounding, and shot blocking, he was actually a pretty bad defender too, um, in terms of standing in the right place at the right time. And that's, I think, that's partly why it takes big men until their late twenties and thirties, early thirties, to reach their peak. It's really hard to get that instinct about how to rotate on defense and protect the rim yeah apparently yeah and and i know i watched a lot of games this past year believe it or not and monroe i mean smith for it seemed like he was the most maligned in the press but i felt like you know there were games where he played really well the the games where he shot up a bunch of bad shots were frustrating but like you said it was almost like our offense was was kind of busted and it was just passing around and he'd get the ball with a few seconds left and maybe he could have done something better and pass it one more time but uh, it wasn't like he just like pulled up and jacked it up in the first five seconds of the clock. So yeah. I feel like giving him a shot in his true position at power forward, and he's a good defender. We know that. You know, it'd just be interesting to see, like, give him a real shot at his best position. Yeah, and he's gonna be. We have him for three more years. We're talking about Smith, right? Yeah. He's gonna be twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty during the rest of his contract. Those are those are ages that are not old for power forward. 
So if, if he's not, yeah, if he's not jacking up twos, he's a useful player. And this is important. He's useful on both ends of the floor. Yeah. Most of the, th- that's really rare. And that's part of why, um, you know, like Washington and Memphis, you know, get past the first round of the playoffs this year and they don't have any Hall of Famers on their team, or at least, you know, we don't know about John Wall yet. It's partly because they have big men who are good at both ends of the floor. Um, Zach Randolph has made himself into a good position defender uh, as a big man. Uh, now, you know, so, so yeah, Josh Smith is definitely Mr. Right Now for us. The The counter-argument against that is to think about Smith's peak is right now and Monroe's will be in a few years, more around the same time that, that Drummond's was. And let me lay something on you here. I looked up who are who are some big men who at Monroe's age, age 23 or younger, um, you know, scored 15 points, got nine rebounds, and got 50% uh, field goal percentage, like Monroe has a couple of times already. Um, there are 50 guys who have ever done that. So that's, it's not like, you know, he's the best player ever. But let me, let me read some names to you for guys who have done that uh, offensively. Blake Griffin, Charles Barkley, uh, Terry Cummings, who uh, hist- NBA historians will know is a was a good player. Bob McAdoo, uh, Anthony Davis last year, Shaq, Alonzo Mourning, Roy Tarpley, you know, Buck Williams. So, and there aren't a lot of guys, there are a few guys on this list who are were ended up being nobodies. Uh, Clark Kellogg was a good college player, but didn't do much in the pros and so forth. So that ju- it just shows you, you know, th- there aren't a lot of guys who put up 15 and nine with, with good field goal percentage. Um, before the age of twenty-five, and and Monroe's one of them. So that's that's one reason why I, I feel pretty confident he's going to make, you know, one to four All-Star games in his career, just because of his offensive offensive potential. We would have to live with having two big men who are too young to know what the hell they're doing. We would have to live with that for two or three years, probably, if we kept Monroe, and. Furthermore, Josh Smith's trade value is very low right now. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's just a tough decision which guy to keep. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't mean to sell moves too short, but I just I also feel like just yeah, given the I don't know I, I I'm also always big on having big men being able to defend well. It's just a bummer to have a a guy who's offensively minded and talented that way, but just can't really you know handle it in the defensive end as well. So. I don't know, and 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 I like that, and I th- and I feel like to me the biggest problem with Smith was just like the decision making on offense, and I feel like Van Gundy could help change that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping that if we do end up keeping Monroe and Smith, so let's just keep the conversation there for now. Um, you mean Drummond and Smith? Oh, you mean no, you keep if all we three? if we end up keeping Monroe and Smith and Drummond? Oh, because okay. let's say we, you know. We we can't um, we can't get rid of one of them. We would have to bring Smith off the bench, I think, because we would just have signed Monroe to a max contract or matched somebody's, and we can't play all three together. It was a disaster um, to to play all three together last year. Uh, Zach Lowe looked up the numbers, and it was among the lineups that played a lot of minutes together last year. It was one of the worst in the league. And any lineup, Pistons lineup with all three of our big men. Um, so I think keeping all three and starting all three is um, is a loser. But keeping all three and getting another small forward in free agency or something, and having Smith be a super sub off the bench, 
you know, um, Chicago last year, they had Joakim Noah, Carlos Boozer, and Taj Gibson, okay? They played all three of those guys at least 28 minutes, and no one ever played small forward among those three. You can have three decent big men and, you know, make the minute rotation work. But, you know, it, it would be a tough pill to swallow for Josh Smith at this point in his career. He's in his prime. He's on a big contract. And uh, I don't know if, you know, morale or chemistry-wise, that's that's doable. If not, we got to trade him. And uh, I think teams know it. They've, they've got us by the short hairs. So what are, what are we going to get back for him? Uh, are we going to get back a garbage contract that's even worse? I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess part of what was so frustrating this year was the fact that we tried to play all three as often as we did, and it worked out so badly. So, yeah, I hadn't really considered the fact of – I was almost had my mind made up that we would get rid of one of uh, – try to deal Monroe or Smith. But, yeah, maybe it could work. Um, it, it just depends what we can get back. If, if teams tr- really try to drive a hard bargain – it is an option to move forward and just kind of underutilize one of the guys by bringing him off the bench. That might be better than, um, you know, having to take back like a, you know, Gerald Wallace's carcass from Boston, uh, who has maybe the worst contract in the league right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Amari Stoudemire's is worse, but, um, yeah, hard to say. Yeah. And then there's, um, another guy I mean, I mentioned people, uh, noticing that, Smith got a lot of flack in the press. To me, watching when I watched the games, the person who actually frustrated me the most was Jennings. I felt like he had a few games here and there where he played really well. He got a lot of assists, but he he took bad shots. Um, he just he also just felt like he would give up and have bad attitudes a lot of time. A bad attitude a lot of times, and I I just feel like. Um, but we were talking earlier, like his contract isn't really that bad. We're not paying him a ton. Uh, is and is there is there any really thing that we would even is there anything that Van Gundy might do with Jennings or do you think we're just gonna do our best with him right now? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. You know the the point guards Van Gundy has had in his in his coaching career have been, you know whoever was the point guard of the Dwayne Wade Shaq, um, Miami Heat teams. I don't even know who their point guard was, and Jameer Nelson, you know being a, a serviceable guy for Orlando. So I don't really know what to expect from him, but I know that just as a fan watching, I know that Jennings needs to play defense better in order to have us be a good team. We can't be a good team if if we have a Matador as as the main starting you know defense for the point of attack, the other team's point guard. You know, on on offense, he's a, he's been an average starter. I mean, he's you know his his player efficiency rating is fifteen is fifteen point something. That's that's about average. He. You know, he put up, you know, 15 points, seven assists, um, made about a third of his threes. Those are all those are all things you can work with if you have other good players on your team. If he, you know, that's better than Mario Chalmers on offense. Uh, and and he's a serviceable guy for the Heat. Now, obviously we don't have any LeBron Jameses on our team, but it just it, it just he he just sticks to screens like he's a burr, you know. Uh, <laughs> he he just lets his guy blow by him. He he's often five feet or more away from his man uh, when the, his man catches the ball. So that that's what I'm most down on. It, but as you as you said, his contract is very tradable. Eight million dollars a year. He's an average NBA starting point guard, and he makes average NBA starting point guard money. He's going to be ages 25, 26, and 27. If let me put it this way, if Jennings were a free agent this year and he was going around demanding. A three-year, twenty-four million dollar contract, which is what he has left with us, 
somebody he would get multiple offers for that. I think with with uh, the teams that have holes for that, there aren't that many. There's only Kyle Lowry right now available in free agency, and he's you know 28 years old, has a reputation for being an asshole and not getting along with coaches, and he's going to want more money than that. I don't know. I, I think some team might want to pull the trigger, it, but we would have to get a point guard back uh, unless we can draft one. Um, you know, we have to think about what we want to do there. Yeah, and the, I mean, the other thing, remembering coming into the season before this year when we ended up being so disappointing, you know, there were some pretty there was some excitement for our our roster. So another another way of looking at it is like, well, maybe with some if if Van Gundy's that that much better of a coach than Cheeks was, uh, maybe with this with pretty much the same team that's getting more mature, we'll actually be really good. Maybe we can put together a winning season. Uh, um, I remember at the beginning of the year feeling like I think we're going to be a playoff team, you know, and that's that's a pretty low bar in the Eastern Conference, but it still felt like, oh yeah, we'll probably be a playoff team, probably losing the first round, maybe we can beat somebody, you know, we'll, we'll probably end up being a low enough seed that we'll face, you know, the Heat or the Pacers or something, but and then it, then it just sort of collapsed. So I mean, with remember yeah. that there was a there was some hope for a while. So maybe completely blowing things up isn't the answer. It's more just like having more discipline and having more hope with a longer term leadership. I think, I think you're right. I mean, think even if we just went into the season standing pat, which we won't do because we have a little cap room and we have a draft pick, there's reason to believe we would get better. Um, Monroe, Drummond, and Jennings all could potentially get better. They're all young players, and they could get better without even without this miraculous coaching. And then another way we could get better without any major moves is not playing Josh Smith at small forward. Playing him at backup power forward, um, that already makes your team better by not having a terrible small forward. And he's a good power forward and a terrible small forward. Um, we could get close. We could get you know probably ten more wins just by those factors alone. Uh, honestly, I, we, I, I really think we could. We and then we have I, I forget how much, but like ten million bucks of cap space or fifteen. We could get a useful veteran player or two. To um, have some more depth, um, not have um, you know Kyle Singler trying to be our lockdown defender on the perimeter. You know, if we sign a uh, a Trevor Ariza or somebody like that um, uh, to play small forward, and and Kentavious Caldwell Pope um, develops a little bit um, from his rookie year, we really could be a 500 team, just mostly standing pat, and not making some gigantic move, and that gets you into the playoffs in the East, and again. Monroe and Drummond are going to get better every year for five or more or more years. So, you know, that's that's not exactly, um, you know, lighting the world on fire with hope. But Well, it reminds me of, like, I feel like, you know, we've gotten our ass kicked in the last five years as Pistons fans, you know. like And I remember feeling that way coming out of the Teal Jersey days, too. And then, so, and we were humble enough that under Carlisle, getting that, that first 50-win season in 2002, you know, and it took a while to build up to our... Uh, championship levels from there. It was just, it was like that alone was really exciting, you know, um, winning a winning a playoff round. So to me, it's like we're we're at a new we're at a new stage right now, and I want to actually feel like we're moving somewhere that we make that you know that we get a forty win season, maybe maybe a fifty win season this year. Uh, and yep. I, I'm no, we're all, we're already humbled beyond being grumpy if we don't win the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, we're way we're way lower than that right now. But uh, I don't know. I feel like we've hit bottom by having back-to-back-to-back sub-30 win seasons, and we're ready to start 
you know, being a winning team again. Yep, I think I think that's right. We're we're grasping at these straws uh, uh, for rays of hope, but, but you know, we're in the Eastern Conference. Anything's possible. <laughs> I mean, the 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 Atlanta Hawks had their only really good player and Horford get hurt halfway through the season, and they made the playoffs and almost beat <laughs> Indiana <laughs> yeah. in the first round. Yeah, uh, Charlotte was a playoff team this year uh yeah so uh, by the way charlotte might might you know they could really use josh smith they would get better if they got him uh, so th- there's it'll be interesting to see what moves we have to make i think the next big domino to fall is the the draft lotteries in a couple of days and we'll see whether we get to keep our pick who knows maybe we'll even there's a 10 percent chance or something like that that we're going to be in the top three you know uh a jabari parker or uh andrew wiggins would uh, really uh would really turn things around here i think um uh, maybe not in the first season but you know three years from now if we get one of those guys we got our we potentially have three all-stars and that's the foundation of a contender yeah and and actually that's a good point it'll be interesting to maybe our next episode can be about the draft once we know our pick uh but now now would be the time to to pick up a good player like that because hopefully we'll be getting better enough that we're not going to be a lottery team anymore after this year but uh who knows yeah, we've been saying that for a few years <laughs> yeah but yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know we're the we're start, so yeah we're starting off the hopefully the new era of the pistons under van gundy five-year contract uh complete control both coach and gm so we'll see how it goes we'll give you a chance stan we'll see how it goes <laughs> all right so that wraps up this episode and we will see you all probably within a week or two once we get to think about the draft and we know our pick. All right.